Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast of the Fires of Revival podcast. I am your host, Colton Prater, and I pray today's episode will be a help and an encouragement to you. Please don't forget to rate, review, and share the podcast with others. And now for the episode. Thanks for joining me in today's episode of You Have Your Bibles. We're going to be in Romans chapter 1, so still same series, uh, walking through it here. And we're going to go through this here, all of chapter 1, not today's episode at least, but we're going to get through at least verses 24 through 28, and that'll put us at either one or two messages left in this chapter. And I don't know about you guys, but it's been a help to me, and I have enjoyed this series and have learned quite a bit, and hopefully you guys have as well. I will be honest, I said last episode, I'll say the same thing again. Going through this chapter has put me out of my comfort zone, but it has been something that's been very needful and important because all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's all profitable. So since it's all profitable, God wants us to all go through it. So even these passages, these chapters that, yeah, we know a few verses here and there, but maybe not all of it, or maybe there's parts of it that we don't want to touch over because of the controversy involved in that. But God still says it's important, it's necessary, it is for our learning, for our knowledge, for our reproof, for our instruction, and so forth. So we're going to be in Romans chapter 1. We're going to look here this morning, or this evening, or whatever time it is you're listening at verses 24 through 28. But before I read that, let's jump to, or you don't have to, but I'll read that myself. Jeremiah chapter number two. Jeremiah chapter number two in verse 11. And you'll see why I'm reading this verse here in just a second. But in verse 11, it says, Hath a nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. Now, if you remember last week's verses, uh, 21 through 23, we talked about how that one of the signs that shows a nation is falling from God and falling away from the faith and falling away from being built on the Bible, if you will, is this idea that they begin to worship the creation more than the creator of the creation. So they're beginning to worship nature, worship themselves. They're taking the glory that belongs to God and giving it to themselves. And in Jeremiah, thousands of years before our day, several thousands of years at that, uh, in chapter 2, he's dealing with the same problem here in the nation of Israel, the tribe of Judah, and so forth. And he's saying, Hath a nation changed their gods? He's saying, like, we used to worship the one true God, uh, Jehovah. But we have changed it. Hath a nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods? He's saying that they began to worship the one true God, and they changed their focus to these other things they think are like a god, but they are wrong. They are not a god. Maybe a quote-unquote god, but they are not the one true god that can answer their prayers, can help them in life. It's just a fake God. It says, which are no, yet no gods, but my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. He's saying they've also taken the glory that belongs to God and it taken it upon themselves. And he's saying there that about them. And then in Romans chapter one, he's kind of saying the same thing in 21 through 23 we looked at last week. But again, I'm saying this here to lay the groundwork for this passage here, 24 through 28, laying some context, is that what people wrestled with thousands of years ago, they're still going to wrestle with today. People are still wanting to take the glory from God. They're still wanting to worship the creation more than the creator itself. And having that foundation here laid in mind, let's look at verses 24 through 28 of Romans chapter 1. Verse 24 says, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. 
and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And that's the scripture passage for this week's episode. Now, if you were listening to that, or if you've heard this passage preached on before, you know that it is a very controversial topic, a very controversial passage, and it's not the most comfortable, not the most enjoyable thing to preach on, but it is a very important thing. And a lot of false doctrine has came out of a came out of this passage as a result, people misinterpreting scripture and interpreting it incorrectly, and it brought some very bad things that are not true, that are very against the Bible. And we're going to look at that here this morning again, or evening, whatever time it is you're, you're listening to this. And we're going to see that, yeah, it may look a little controversial, but when you break it down and look at it, it makes a lot of sense. So do give me some grace on this. You may disagree with me in this passage, and that's okay. I'm not here to start a fight or to cause a stir with you. Give me grace, and I'll give you grace in that area as well. But this same thing we find that people have wrestled with for thousands of years. They have, and they will continue to until the Lord Jesus Christ comes to take us to heaven with him one day. But the people here in Romans 1 and Jeremiah 2 as well are living in grotesque sin. They're living in very bad sin, a very wicked lifestyle. And it's very evident that they're living in a rebellious lifestyle. It's not a, well, maybe they are, they're just doing wrong and they don't know it. No, it's very clear that the people that in this passage in Romans chapter 1 in the society at Rome, the lost people there are living lives contrary to the Bible. Not just sort of contrary, but extremely so. And what makes this passage kind of tricky is the verses that we just read, basically to summarize what it's talking about here very simply, is it's talking about homosexuality. Those who have left, it says, leaving the natural use, uh, burned in their lust one toward another. And it's describing that here. And I think that's something that is a mark of a nation that is forgetting God, is homosexuality and how they treat that. You look at our nation in America 10, 15 years ago, the sin of homosexuality and things was put under the rug, it was mentioned occasionally, but that was really about it, and then suddenly it became legal, and everything that kind of followed suit with that as well, and now it seems like it's paraded in the streets. Now, I know, again, this isn't the most comfortable thing to talk about, but it still is in scriptures, we have to deal with it here, is that these people were living in a very bad sin, and our nation is as well, and this is one of the signs of a nation going to hell, of a nation that is falling by the wayside, that is forgetting the Lord, that is forgetting God, and it's very evident, and this sin... It's not not saying it's worse than any other sins, although it is in the list of the abominations, but there are six other sins in that list as well, and many of those are sins that we commit on a daily basis. So I'm not saying this sin is, you know, if you commit this sin, you're going to hell or something. All of our sins technically deserve us a place there, unless we accept God's free gift of salvation. But we're going to see that this sin is a mark, like a birthmark reveals a mark on your arm or whatever the case is. This sin is like a birthmark saying, look, if they're celebrating this, then chances are their nation is very low in morality, is not doing what it is supposed to, and they're not a good nation at all. And in this passage, three times, this is where the controversy comes about, is three times in those verses that we read, 24 through 28, it says basically that God gave them up. God gave this people up, and then later it says he gave them up to a reprobate mind. Now, some twist that and say, well, that means if you, you're a homosexual, if you live a life in that kind of a sin, that you can never get saved, that God's grace is not strong enough to save you, and you've just earned a place in hell, which we've already earned by the way of our own sin, unless we accept God's gift of salvation. But basically they're saying, you know what, you can't be saved. If you live this way, 
there is no way for you to possibly be saved. But we're going to see here kind of what this means. So, when you hear something that says God gave them up, this is God gave them up to the things that they were doing. Now, again, many treat this saying, well, that means they can never, ever be saved, that they're just lost forever, that God has damned them to hell, they just cannot be saved. But think of it like this. Think of it in mind or in light of a parent with their kid. A lot of times, kids, and I've been there myself when I was one, is you're disobeying your parents, they're telling you to do something, and they're honestly looking out for you, saying, don't do this, because if you do, you're going to get hurt, something is going to happen, and you just argue and argue and argue and nag with them, and finally they say, you know what, if you want to do it, go do it, and what do we do, we go do that thing they tell us not to, and we find ourselves getting hurt or messing ourselves up, and at least, I think that is in Scripture, what the Lord is saying here. He's saying, look, you know what? Those people that are living that kind of lifestyle, I'm giving them up to it. They're going to reap the reward of it. They're going to find out what the end result is on their own. And this is going to cost them. And they're going to learn their lesson. And hopefully learning that lesson brings them back to Christ. But that is what he's saying. Because here's the thing. If he's saying you can't be saved if you have this certain kind of sin in your life, then John 3.16 is a lie. Then all of the gospel is a lie. Because he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He's saying the world, not part of it or some of it. Other passages that say that God is here to save sinners, that would be a lie if this was the truth, if people interpreted the scripture this way. But we know that that has to be wrong according to that. And again, same example of a parent telling their kid to go ahead and do the thing that they shouldn't. So that way they learn a lesson. God is saying, look, you know what? I've tried warning you and tried stopping you from doing this sin and you've not learned your lesson so you know what? I'm just going to give you up, let you do that sin, and you're going to see that it's going to take you to rock bottom, and you're going to realize that you should have cried out to me long before that. And many have gotten saved as a result of that. But he's saying that is what the interpretation of this passage is. And again, the people in this passage are homosexuals. It tells us that they're not the most exciting thing to talk about, but it's still a needful topic here in America today. And you know, as we've noticed, our society is becoming this passage. Hopefully you've recognized that as we've read. Uh, from verse 18 on to where we're at now at verse 28. Really, this is describing the roadmap, roadmap of where America was, where we are now, and where we are headed as a result. It's saying God gave them up, and God is going to give us as a nation up very soon if we do not turn things around. And we're going to realize when he gives us up that he's going to give us what we deserve, give us the things that we're wanting, and it's going to lead to lots of judgment, lots of pain, sorrow, and torment as a result. So that is what is going to happen if we are not careful. So the application to us is this. As Christians, we have to take a stand. As Christians, we have to go with the gospel. Because we know that the people described in the first, the homosexuals and things, the people that are living in sodomy, that is describing our nation as the birthmark of what our nation is becoming. Unfortunately, we see on the news that LGBTQ and all the letters that are added with it, their agenda. Think, for instance, I was listening to the news earlier today talking about drag queens being let in the churches and things. It's a terrible, terrible, very wicked thing. And we can all agree, I can, I'm not going to get into all the different details of different sins, but we all know that our nation is getting worse. Our nation is becoming terrible. Our nation is not getting better, but in fact it's getting worse. And as a result of that, we're not to sit here and stand idly by and say, you know what, we're just going to wait until Jesus, till Jesus comes and do nothing and everything is going to be fine. No, he's saying we've got to go with the gospel. Back to Romans chapter 1. Same chapter here, but back in verse 16 that we covered a few weeks ago. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. So no matter how dark our world gets, we are still to be able to stand unashamed. And that ability to stand unashamed comes 
through the Holy Spirit, through relying on the Lord and letting Him lead us in life. So, in our Christian life today, we're not to sit here and be a spectator, but we're to be a player physically out on the court, giving it all in the game, giving it all in life, standing strong for the Lord. So again, simple application, lots of judgment, lots of bad news, but the simple challenge to me and you today, believer, is this. Take a stand for the Lord. Go with the gospel. Proclaim the good news. Pray for those that are lost. Ask the Lord to convict and to save those who are wrestling with certain sins, to save those that are struggling, that don't know a way, that feel like they're just in this downward spiral. Because those that are living this life in sodomy and things, on the news they parade around and make it seem like it's the most wonderful thing in the world and that it's liberating and amazing. But if you really talk to those that have gone through that and have gotten de uh, delivery, that have gotten deliverance, have gotten victory from that, they'll tell you it's the most miserable life in the world. It's miserable. It's tormenting. There's no joy in it, and that they just want something that will give them joy and meaning in life. And we know, according to the Bible, the thing that gives joy and meaning is the gospel, accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. So, as Christians, our challenge today is this. Again, go with the good news. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to record this broadcast. Thank you for the technology allowing us to do so. I know, Father, this isn't the most enjoyable topic, the most exciting topic to talk about. But I do ask that you use it to make a difference, to change lives, and in your son's name. Amen.